Welcome back to the Underground Football Podcast, a show where we talk about anything and everything NFL football from underground. Alongside my co-host Jack Priller and today's special guest, Mr. Macho Switcher, I'm Mike Maynard, and we're going to jump right into today's episode, which is on the 2022 um, Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to preview their season, preview each position one by one. Um, so happy to be here. Get ready for, you know, some Jaguars insight. Priller, how are we feeling today, though? How are we feeling about the Jaguars? What are your thoughts? You know, honestly, I'm pretty excited about this episode, getting a new special guest on the show. It's going to be an interesting episode, I think, to really dive in on this team. And, yeah, speaking of that special guest, Macho, how are you feeling today? Are you excited to be here? What's what's your thoughts so far on, you know, being on the podcast? I mean, it feels great to be here, but, you know, I mean, I've, I'm still a Jaguars fan, so it's depressing nonstop, you know. <laughs> There's not much ever going on. You have low hopes for every season. Nothing's happening. It's just depressing. Yeah, I mean, I feel that. But, you know, we'll get into um, maybe some good parts of this team that has been, you know, like you said, struggling as of late but on the on the up and up so you know we'll jump into um the 2022 Jaguars season which you know wasn't what they what they were hoping for um going three and 14 fourth in the AFC South getting the number one pick overall in the draft um you know the one year of Urban Meyer's tenure with the Jaguars obviously didn't work out he's now gone and Doug Peterson has come in to take over his place so hopefully he's able to you know turn things around, steer the ship in the right direction, and get things going for this upcoming season. So if you guys are ready, we can jump into the quarterback spot and start going, uh, you know, with this roster. Yeah, for sure. Starting off, the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback one going into 2022 will be none other than the sophomore Trevor Lawrence coming off a maybe, you know, below expected or expected, um, expected rookie season. You know, he didn't have necessarily the best season, not what people were thinking out of the number one pick, but I think rough situation, rough head coach, like I just talked about a little bit. Um, this guy's going to be, you know, looking to turn things around, and I think he's got the athletic ability to do so, and I think another year in, uh, you know, in the NFL will only help him getting uh, his main guy back uh, in the running back room, who we'll get into in a second here. But I think Trevor Lawrence should have a much, much better season than he did here in 2021 upcoming. Um, But, you know, it was a rough start to his career, but super young guy, like I said, rookie last year. uh, It's his second season, 22 years old only. And we all know, you know, we've seen Trevor Lawrence since high school. So this guy, he's he's a winner. He can steer this ship around like I you know, said they're hoping for. I think Trevor Lawrence will be that guy to to lead this team to brighter pastures. So, Priller, what are your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence, you know, and his his outlook going into his second season here? You know, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, like you mentioned, wasn't he didn't he didn't perform the greatest uh, this last season. But, you know, I like to bring up the part of um, when we talked about QBs on our podcast. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is like a perfect build, obviously, being 6'6". I mean, he kind of has that build as a QB, strong arm. He's got he's got really good potential. I think that's what the Jaguars see in him, obviously, being so young, 22 years old, like you mentioned. Obviously, he's um, up and coming. He's obviously the franchise QB for a long time. And, yeah, I mean, I would kind of just want to hit hard on not doing too great last season. But you you, you mentioned that he could turn it around. I mean, he's a, he is a winner. We all know this. And. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I only see – you can only go up from where he's at right now. I mean, 3,600 passing yards this season, not the greatest, but, you know, not the worst. But you mentioned his bad coach that he had, Urban Meyer. Obviously, that had something to do with it. When you have a head coach that isn't, a, isn't the greatest, that definitely can um, steer your ship. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you hit it right on the right on the head of the nail there with, you know, his frame being six foot six, being a big guy, um, has a great arm, like you said, he has great pocket presence. This is a guy that has all the tools. He just kind of needs to, you know, have the supporting cast around him and put it all together. So, Macho, what are your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence? I know you're, uh, you know, last year you were you were hoping for a little bit more maybe, but I know you're a big fan of him and, you know, still looking for him to turn things around. So what are your thoughts going into 2022? I mean, like, you can't expect much. Our team's fucking awful still. <laughs> like, it's our number one receiver is Christian Kirk, who's at best a number two on, like, any other team. It's just, like, there's not much to work with. Our top tight ends is Evan Ingram, who drops every fucking pass that comes to him. I mean, LaVisca Chanel is the only upside on this team I see. I mean, we got rid of DJ Chark, who, which I thought was the bright side of our team, but they didn't want to resign him. There's just no weapons around him. He isn't really much to throw to. And he's got Doug Peterson, who I don't think is that good of a coach. I didn't think it was a good hire, but yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you're, you're shitting on Doug Peterson a little bit here, but you got to give him, you know, more credit than Urban Meyer deserves, and he should be a step up. And maybe we're not looking at Trevor Lawrence, you know, becoming the best quarterback in the league, but I think, you know, me and Priller are both mentioning, you know, the small things that they've done to make – you know, the situation around him a little bit better. DJ Chark was a loss, definitely a big one, and maybe his number one target. But Christian Kirk comes in, and uh, like I pointed out, Travis Etienne uh, being his guy from Clemson, I think he'll be a big guy to have back um, with Trevor Lawrence, you know, having all these guys that he's not really comfortable with still and bringing in all these new guys. But Etienne's a guy that he's been with for a while, and he'll be able to, you know, get that chemistry back with him pretty quickly, I think. So, I think, you know, maybe we're not looking at a complete turnaround from this past season for Trevor Lawrence, but I think he's definitely the bright spot of this team right now, and he definitely showed flashes of being, you know, a top-tier quarterback in the league. He just, like we uh, kind of pointed out, he needs that supporting cast to kind of step it up around him. And some of these guys are young. Like you mentioned LaVisca Chanel, too. Like these are young guys that could could maybe produce a little bit more than they've been in the past. So I don't know. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is, is an interesting one. Hopefully, oh, Tra- I mean, Trevor definitely has the highest potential out of anyone we've seen recently. He has the highest he he's the highest floor. Like at worst, he's gonna be like I don't know, fucking Jared Goff. The highest he could be a Payne Manning. That's the thing. Like he's built to be in the NFL. Yeah, he's the most sure. talent, but like there's nothing around him is a problem right now. I mean, our running back room is great. Our receivers are okay. I mean, our, our third best receiver, I'm looking at the depth chart on East Bend right now. It's our third is Jamal Agnew, who's a safety. It's There's nothing much. Yeah, I mean, I mean we'll you, get into each position individually. Um, but I think, you know, it's definitely, you can't really expect the team to go from the number one pick to being, you know, superb or even average at that point or to mention. But I think this team took a, a step up, maybe not a huge step up, but, you know, a step in the right direction with some of these new signings and Christian Kirk and Zay Jones coming into wide receiver room. I mean, we'll get into these guys, but I think overall that it should be a little bit better of a uh, situation for Trevor. Maybe not, you know, what you're hoping for um, out of the front office well, I mean, to really surround him with great talent, but 
it's a step in the yeah, right I mean, direction. Sure, his, his arm talents, like something that's it's it's just like once in a generation. Yeah, you can't teach it. Yeah, I mean, and then you have someone who's like CJ CJ Bathard behind him, who's just a high IQ player, who can. I mean, he's not too old of a player, but he can still teach him some shit. Yeah, and he's he's been around, so he's bounced around a couple teams. He's he's been with uh you know Kyle Shanahan in that 49ers offense, and he's been running some some weird trick plays and stuff. So he can definitely help you know in some ways. So I guess yeah, we'll move on to to the backups here. I mean, we talked a good amount about Trevor Lawrence, um, super super solid quarterback. You know, you're not looking for anybody to replace him there for a while. So he's super great. We'll jump in, you know, CJ Beathard, like you touched on as the backup. He's, he's a solid guy. I mean, he's a decent backup. He's not going to see playing time. I mean, Trevor's, this is his team. So CJ will be, you know, that, that coach from the sidelines maybe. And then, you know, you got a couple more guys in the QB room. Um, but you know, this is Trevor's team mainly. We don't really need to go too in depth on these guys. I mean, barring an injury to Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's not going to come off the field. So. I mean, our number three quarterback right now is uh, is Jake Luton. I don't know why we kept him. I don't know why we still have him on the team. He doesn't do much. He played in the uh, in the preseason game. I'm pretty sure he got outplayed by our four string who we just cut, and there just was no reason to keep him. I think he's just a dog shit player who does nothing else to do. I don't think he's very good. I don't know why he's playing, but you know. I mean, Jaguar it's, it's early. They could always cut them before the season starts. You know, these preseason rosters are, are much bigger than, you know, the 53-man roster that you have to go into the regular season with. So you could definitely see, you know, some of these guys in the quarterback room get cut because they're they're going to go with their guy and Trevor. And, you know, these guys aren't really here unless there's a big, big problem with Trevor getting an injury or something. So these guys are going to be probably either on the verge of getting cut or off the team, you know, starting by week one. Um, so we'll jump into the running backs now. We touched on, um, you know, the main quarterbacks in this quarterback room. Like we said, Trevor Lawrence's team. So to jump in with the running backs, um, you have the one-two punch of James Robinson and Travis Etienne. I think James Robinson, um, you know, is is a little bit more, you know what you're going to get out of him. ETN's a little bit more uh, polarizing. You don't really know what to expect out of him. He hasn't played yet. So James Robinson, you know you're getting a solid back there. Um, powerful guy. Get him in between the tackles. Um, not really great like in the receiving game necessarily, but that's what ETN's for. ETN's that quicker guy, uh, more agile on his feet, and mm. you know great at getting open underneath um, and even down the field a little bit. So... These guys will be kind of that thunder and lightning little duo that you got here um, with a, a couple of these other teams that me and Priller have gone into. But, um, yeah, you know, these are your main two guys. The, uh, you know, your third guy, Snoop Connor, the rookie this year that, you know, he may see some time, but fifth round pick probably isn't going to be getting the bulk of the action here. So, you know, Priller, what are your thoughts here on, um, you know, let's go with the one-two punch in ETN and Robinson. What are your, uh, your initial thoughts on what these two are going to be capable of this season? Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of with you on the ETN play. I mean, like, yeah, obviously he's a polarizing player and no one really knows what to expect out of him. I mean, first round pick. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm curious to see how this uh, connection to Trevor Lawrence is really going to affect his game and how it's going to really elevate him to an NFL key running back. 
But I did want to mention that, I mean, James Robinson is, is not a slouch in the passing game when it comes to being a decent pass back, uh, catching, like, receiving back out of the backfield for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, like, he didn't do horrible, but he's obviously not putting up, like, uh, insane insane numbers that you would want to see out of, like, a, a pass catching back. I mean, he kind of – he was kind of thrown in there uh, last year before ETN was on the team where he kind of just had to do his own thing. I mean, obviously, I'll let uh, – Macho get more into talking about running backs because he might obviously know a little bit more about these. But, I mean, yeah, I, I like this duo that the Jaguars have put together. And I really think that it's honestly going to go up from here. I mean, as long as James Robinson can stay healthy, I think this duo right here could be a, a pretty pretty good uh, team to keep your eye on. Yeah, I mean, you got yeah, I mean, ETN staying healthy too, though. He was out all last season. So it's not just James Robinson. Both these guys deal, dealt with uh... – some injuries a little bit, but, you know, they should be good to start the season at least, which should be uh, should be pretty nice. So, yeah, Macho, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on these two guys, this one-two punch here in Jacksonville? I'm going to talk about James Robinson quick. So his injuries have been the big conversation for us because he's – I mean, he's just consistent. He hits the hole every time. He gets five yards every time. He's fucking amazing. James Robinson's the bright side for the Jaguars every year. Him and Josh Allen have always been consistent. But, like – he got injured. It was, I think it was Achilles. It might have been Achilles. I'm not sure. I can't remember the injury. But he's been practicing already. And if I, I don't remember the injury right now, you're going to have to check back on that. Achilles. But it was Achilles. But yes, I mean, he's already back less than a year, like practicing. I don't think it's full pads yet, but he's running. And everyone's been saying that he looks faster than he was before. ETN, like, I hated the pick when they drafted him. It was just like, we already have James Robinson. Why the fuck are we getting another thing? But then I started thinking about more. It's like almost like that Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram punch. Exactly. You know, you have to be able to like a little looser than someone just run through a fucking brick wall. Yeah. And I think it's- ETN will get, um, you know, some work maybe out of the slot um, as a receiver. If, if they want to have both of these guys on the field at the same time, I think that's a great idea as well. So I think ETN, you know, at the time definitely didn't look like necessarily a great pick to, to you know, draft a guy at a position where your team, you know, had a lot of weaknesses, and that was one yeah, of the strong points the running back. Spot, when the one bright spot was a running back the year before. Yeah, it was a little strange, but, you know, that was maybe Urban Meyer had, you know, a say in that. We don't know. So moving, you know, forward with that, maybe Trevor Lawrence had, had a say in that because he wanted to bring his guy in. I mean, I think – you know, it should help having having that connection there. You know, we saw Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase with the Bengals this past season. That connection in college really carried over straight to the NFL, and these guys, um, you know, were able to light the league on fire. So I'm not saying we're going to see that necessarily out of Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, but these guys have a little connection here, and Etienne's going to be, you know, catching a lot of passes for these guys. So I think having chemistry with your your number one target maybe he's not your number one receiver but i think he's going to be getting the ball a lot from trevor so having that chemistry should be super super valuable and james robinson like you said he's one of the more solid backs in the league you know exactly what you're getting from him and that's you know a top tier running back he's going to hit the hole hard every time and you know i didn't mean to say he was a slouch in the passing game i just think you know he's going to focus more on those between the tackles runs you know second and two third and two you need a couple yards hand him the rock and he's gonna get there where etn's gonna be that guy that you're getting outside the tackles and get him in space get the ball in his hands to uh to make people miss and break him off for you know big runs so these two guys should be great um snoop connor you bring in in the fifth round this year out of Ole miss he uh you know he's gonna be 
your your rotational guy that'll come in and relieve both of these guys um, whenever they need a break. But I think your main two here are going to be obviously James Robinson and Travis Etienne. Well, it's if they can stay healthy because they don't stay healthy. But yeah, no, I definitely agree because like James Robinson's highly underrated in the past game. Uh, he does have a lot of problems. He does drop the ball. But, I mean, he's a fucking running back. Like you can't expect. Like Travis Etienne's comparison was Alvin Kamara in the draft. Yes. Like. They knew, like, he's a good pass catcher, but James Robinson's still above average. He can get it, get the job done. Snoop Connor is a stupid fucking draft pick. I mean, I mean it's a there's fifth no round pick. It's not, like, terrible. Still, we have two good solid running backs. We had a good third. I can't remember his I'm name. Injury prone, though. That's why they kind of, I feel like that's why they kind of did that. Wordstream was just a solid dude. He was just, like, con- he was just, like, consistent. Like, you just knew what you were going to get. He was a power back. And I don't know why we would repl- get another power back. It just doesn't make any sense to me. In case the power back that's I mean, been injured gets injured again. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, guess I mean, that's, that's, that's just a little bit of a weird, like, fifth-round pick. Like, you know, there's been a ton of great fifth-round picks that have come through the league. So maybe you, you go for a guy with at a bigger position of need. But they obviously liked Snoop Connor and went with him. So, you know, we'll see how much he gets in the games. But, you know, it could be rough for him getting a lot of playing time with these two guys. Uh, James Robinson looks very well in the videos I've seen. I think he's going to be back probably around. I think they're projecting week four, but like he's already in full sprints. And like. Yeah, I mean, I have a report here that he's questionable, you know, not in line to play in Friday's preseason game against the Browns. So that's like super, you know, good news to hear that he's questionable for a preseason game, you know, going into early weeks he should be you know pretty good to go if he's already just a questionable guy not even you know out necessarily guaranteed he, he's got a chance at playing on Friday so um, I think definitely you'll probably see James Robinson super early on in the season which will be a great addition to uh, you know to this offense as he's mainly your uh, your strong point here like you said he's the bright he's the bright spot of uh, of you know I guess Trevor Lawrence would be your brightest spot but other than that I mean James Robinson's been super solid Robinson had James Robinson. I don't know how he went undrafted. Still amazes me to this day. I mean, most yards, and I think it was FCS history. It might have just been Illinois State. I'm not sure, but like he he was just a phenomenal dude. Went under the radar. We picked him up, and he's been nothing but amazing. Yeah, for sure. So, I guess we'll move on from running backs now. We touched on um, you know your main guys here, and we'll hop in with the wide receivers. Um, I guess you know your wide receiver one's going to be a new guy in Christian Kirk, who got a uh, a pretty big contract. I mean, it's got um, you know it has that out where the Jaguars can get out of it pretty early on, but you know it's listed as a four-year, seventy-two million dollar contract. I mean, they probably won't end up paying him all of that. Um, but, you know, regardless, he's brought in here to be your wide receiver one for Trevor Lawrence. And he's been, you know, pretty solid as the wide receiver two in Arizona behind DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, this past season was his best season, almost getting 1,000 yards at 982. Um, so a pretty good season. I mean, maybe you're not super excited about him being your wide receiver one, but he's a solid guy to have. He's not going to not going to hurt your team. And I think with the rotation of these guys, it's not going to be a terrible receiving core. Um but I think, you know, you don't really have your alpha number one receiver that uh, that's going to week in, week out produce at a high level. So, you know, Christian Kirk as your number one is, is iffy, but he's going to be solid overall. I mean, the one thing that I can give him is that 
When he was in Arizona, he was behind, I think, I think he was there with A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins. Well, A.J. Green was just here this past season, so. I mean, he didn't have a time to shine, really. He was always going to, he was always the number two. Didn't have much time to shine. And that contract, thank you for addressing that. None of the money is confirmed. I mean, like, we don't owe him anything. Like, he has to show, he has to prove himself this year. That's all he has to do. He has to prove himself, and from the training camps, he looks good. But like they have to he has to prove himself. That's the only reason like we sign him to that contract is like next year we're gonna be paying him a shit ton of money if he performs. But I still think Marvin Jones is our number one. I don't think it's gonna be Christian Kirk. Yeah, I mean I think I don't really know if you're gonna have a necessarily a necessarily like one number one receiver. I think these guys will all be getting a similar workload. Um, you know, maybe one guy will have a little bit more playing time than the others, but I think overall it's going to be pretty similar throughout the wide receiver depth chart of having, uh, you know, similar amount of targets, similar amount of playing time. But yeah, you touched on Marvin Jones. We'll hop into him a little bit. He's kind of, um, you know, your bigger bodied receiver, jump ball guy, contested catch guy. Um, you know, we're maybe hoping for him to work a little bit better in the red zone target type stuff here in this past season, but he can work on that. What was that? I think. I mean, that's why we signed him, which he's – he also underperformed, but our O-line last year was going through a lot of injuries, which obviously we'll look into that later. But, I mean, Marvin Jones last year, DJ Shark was injured the entire year. Marvin Jones was v- very fucking good. He was c- getting contested balls everywhere. He just performs well. He was c- he was consistent, didn't have many drops, which we had that with LaVisca. But, like, Marvin Jones was consistent. You knew what you were going to get from him. He wasn't going to drop the ball. He made some good contested catches. And, yeah, I mean, Marvin Jones was sick. I mean, he was fun as hell to watch. Yeah, I think he's he's a super solid guy to have, you know, in rotation for your number two receiver. He's a, he's a great guy. Um, he's getting up there in age a little bit, 32 years old. So maybe he's, you know, losing that athletic ability necessarily. But like you said, super strong hands. He's going to catch everything his way. And that contested catch game is super uh, – integral to his production so maybe you'd like to see him get a little bit more of that you know touchdown upside that he has with those contested catches in the red zone but i think super solid guy having at number two um so Priller, what are your thoughts on christian kirk and marvin jones being kind of that that one and two here in jacksonville you know honestly i wasn't really a big fan of christian kirk going to jacksonville i really i i was a guy like right when i seen that uh that notification pop on my phone, Christian Kirk getting paid like $72 million over four years. I was like kind of blown away. I was like, why? Just why would you pay this guy? Obviously, we kind of touched on the contract not being completely. I just don't really think that like those numbers should even be talked about when talking about a guy like Christian Kirk. I mean, he hasn't obviously he's been number two, the number two wide receiver on the Arizona. But yeah, I mean, he really hasn't performed like you would want a guy that's getting paid $72 million. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, none of it's guaranteed, but. He's just not really pretty. He hasn't performed or shown that like he could even make $72 million. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't really shown that he should, could make that. So Christian Kirk, I don't really like, I mean, obviously as like a number two wide receiver, he's obviously not a bad, he's kind of like a solid number two wide receiver. Um, But yeah, that's really all I could say on Christian Kirk. Um, But Marvin Jones, I really, I, I actually really do like him. I mean, you guys kind of touched on him. He is a very consistent wide receiver in, in the NFL. And I mean, other than this last year kind of had a drop off, but I mean, we we that last season let's just we'll call it like a fluke or whatever. I mean, three wins obviously not what you're looking for, but 
you weren't being having the most productive season, but I mean, he still he still put up solid numbers, almost putting up a thousand yards. I mean, that's like decent as a wide receiver on a team that's only getting three wins. I mean, you can't really ask for much, but yeah, I mean, you guys kind of touched on a sure-handed target. That's kind of what you're wanting in a number two wide receiver. Obviously, he's getting up there in age. You mentioned that, Mike. But I mean, if he's still performing and being consistent, I mean, what's what what's the big deal about getting old? So that's kind of what that's kind of my two cents on these two guys. Obviously, not too big on Christian Kirk, but Marvin Jones can't have enough to say about him. Yeah, and I think Marvin Jones' play style um, is one that you don't worry about that age factor as much. If he was, you know, the guy like, let's, you know, call Tyreek Hill out here. Like, if he's playing like Tyreek Hill, you're worried a lot more as he gets older and older and older. But he doesn't play like Tyreek Hill. You know, he's he's that jump ball guy that doesn't need, need to use his um you know his speed or his oh, athleticism he, but he just needs to use his hands and his you know his smart ball skills so he can use um he can use that that age or what am i trying to say the age isn't as big a factor for marvin jones as it would be for necessarily another receiver with a different type of skill set no yeah. he uses his body to put himself in position to catch the ball, which is just an IQ play. Exactly. Yeah, so that's that's where the age be, comes in effect. You don't need to be a super young guy. So we'll hop in here um, at the number three, I guess, wide receiver spot. I think after the main two, you know, it's kind of going to be a little bit of a rotation as well. Um, you know, they brought in Zay Jones, who I think is probably going to be the number three here. Um, I think brought him in on a three-year, $24 million contract. Um and he's uh he's been a little bit you know shaky a little bit different depends you know on what year you look at but he's uh when he's gotten decent playing time he's looked pretty good i mean he's not gonna wow you or anything but he's got pretty good speed to get downfield and kind of be that deep threat for your team to keep the defense honest so you know zay jones is your third guy you're not really you know, expecting a ton out of him, but he's he's a solid guy to have. And they also have, you know, Macho touched on him a little bit. LaVisca Chenault, um, you know, is a guy that has a lot of upside still. Um, but like you said, has maybe a little bit of a drop issue, but he's he's a great um, athlete and can really make people miss at a high, high level. So, you know, he's super on drop issue to... real quick? Um, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so basically the drop issue in college, he had no issues with it. Had very little drops, but once he got to the NFL, his first season he was great. I think his first three games he didn't. I don't think he got brought to the ground once. I mean, he's the he's a Walmart brand Debo Samuel's, which I mean, yeah, it doesn't sound great saying, but like he's fucking he's he's a big body that we use at running back. But I think last year is literally just nerves getting in the way. Yeah, I think he. Uh... You know, with a better coach around him and Doug Peterson. Uh, now, I know you weren't super, super high on Doug Peterson, but I think it's a better guy to have mentoring this guy than Urban Meyer. So I think LaVisca should have an uptick in in usage. And I think, you know, Doug Peterson's shown the ability to be a little bit funky with his play calls. You know, I'll, you know, I'll point out the obvious, but, you know, the Philly special in the Super Bowl, you know, most teams aren't running stuff like that. So that's funky stuff. And LaVisca Chanel, he might need some funky stuff to get the ball in his hands and make people miss. And like you said, he's very similar to a guy like Debo Samuel. You know, when you get the ball in his hands, he's dangerous and he can take anything to the house. So get this guy the ball as much as you can um, and, you know, hope to have a little bit of a better season. You know, zero touchdowns for him this past season. You're definitely looking for an increase in that. So I think there's no reason he can't improve on that. And I think 
really LaVisca Chanel and Travis Etienne should be kind of similar players overall, both quick guys um, that can make people miss. But LaVisca's obviously that bigger body, like you said. You know, he can run dudes over if he needs to. You know, 6'1", 227 pounds. But both of these guys are super young targets for uh, Trevor Lawrence. They can grow with him and create that chemistry. Um, but LaVisca's a great guy to have as your, you know, number three, number four, whatever you want to call him, receiver, just because he has a lot of upside still in his game. I mean, I, I think he's going to end up being our number two this year. I think last year was just kind of him just getting the nerves out of the way. I mean, because he went to Colorado, which is a small school. He had a great rookie year. I think he had a couple of injuries. I mean, like, Zay Jones, like, I don't know much about Zay Jones. I really don't. I didn't pay attention to that signing. I thought it was a weird signing. I, I actually did like the Christian Kirk sign, which is an unpopular opinion, but I think LaVisca is set up to be our, like, a, he's a solid number two. I don't think he'll ever be a number one, but he's a solid number two. So you're saying LaVisca is going to be the number two behind Christian Kirk, implying that Marvin Jones might see a little bit of a, you know, no, off in usage? Or are you saying Marvin Jones would be the one? Marvin Jones would be the number one. I don't think Christian Kirk will turn out. I don't think he'll be after the season. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, and I think the contract that they gave him kind of shows you that they aren't necessarily super, super confident in him taking that step to be that number one receiver. Now, we haven't seen him, you know, be in an offense where he has the opportunity to be the number one. So, you know, maybe with the opportunity that he has, he'll show something. I mean, he's a young guy, too. Christian Kirk's only 25 years old. So we could see him kind of grow into a number one receiver. But I definitely think that the Jaguars aren't guaranteeing anything. And I think that contract, you know, with the out that they have, shows that they're not necessarily guaranteeing anything, even though they signed him to what looks like on paper a huge contract. It's it's not necessarily all there until the Jaguars want it to be there. So they're going to wait and see. And I think if Christian Kirk pays off and he becomes, you know, a dominant number one, then you, you pay him like he is. And if he doesn't, then you let him go. So I think that's a, a pretty good situation there. And uh, he definitely has the upside, though. I think Kirk has has the capability of being the number one. It's just only time will tell. We'll see what he does. I mean, like, from what I've seen from, I mean, training camp, which is obviously right now it's seven on seven, the big name that's been popping out has been LaVisca Chenault and Laquan Treadwell. Those have been the two names that have popped out the most. And, I mean, I haven't heard anything from Christian Kirk. Marvin Jones, I mean, I don't know. It just might just be the post I'm seeing, but, you know. I mean, he's he's an old man. He's getting, like, 30-something, you know. He's aging. He doesn't have many years left. LaVisca's young. I mean, he's gotten, he's had, he does have an injury problem. He is very injury-prone. But, I mean, he has a chance to really shine, especially in, like, a good offense where we have a consistent coach who's not kicking our kickers in the leg. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely going to help this team a lot. And I think we'll see a very different Jaguars team overall, but a very different offense. You know, Doug Peterson's an offensive guy. So we'll see a, a very different scheme here and a very different play style for a lot of these guys. But you did touch on Laquan Treadwell. Laquan Treadwell, excuse me. But I'd like to touch on him really quick. So he's a former first-round pick back in 2016 that just really, really never panned out for, you know, he played with the Vikings for the first four years of his career. 
And, you know, highest receiving total was 302 yards and one touchdown. So that's not great. But, you know, he moves on to Atlanta, has two touchdowns on six receptions. So I guess, you know, using him in the red zone a little bit more. And then had his best season this past year in Jacksonville with 434 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, you're not expecting a ton out of Laquan Treadwell starting out. But as a former first-round pick, he definitely has the capability of, you know, putting on a show and really – showing why he deserved to be uh, that first-round pick for the Vikings. But, you know, I think it'll be a big rotation overall here for the wide receivers. I think we'll kind of see as the first couple weeks go by, we'll kind of be able to tell pretty early on who's going to be, you know, your number one, number two, number three. I think right now it's a little bit more unknown than it will be in, you know, a matter of a couple weeks. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean – Laquan, like, we signed him last year to, like, a quick deal, and he performed great for us. I mean, he showed up. He did a good job. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad. He was just average. Yeah, and you weren't expecting a ton out of him. So, to get what you got out of him was pretty solid. That was surprising. It really was. It was just, like, it was nice. It was a little, like, pop out of the box, you know, out of nowhere. It was just a good sight to see. Especially, like, we had such a bad season last year. I mean, we just... Obviously, we're about to get in Jamal Agnew. Like, we had a safety at wide receiver. Yeah. It, um, you know, Jamal Agnew is kind of like basically your returner type. Like, he's going to be, you know, returning kicks and punts. But also, you know, in those gadget plays on offense, he might come in and get a little bit of uh, a little bit of touches. But I, I don't think, you know, I think with the guys that are in here on the depth chart in front of him, I think he's going to have a lesser role in this offense this coming year. I think ETN being here now, and I think LaVisca Chenault taking a step up possibly, they'll kind of take over that that gadgety type, you know, get the ball in his hands and see what happens type of role. So I think, um, you know, a guy like Jamal Agnew is going to see a, less, a lesser role this upcoming season. I mean, like I said, only time will tell. We'll be able to tell pretty early on who Doug Peterson's really liking. But I think – It'll be a big rotation. So, you know, Priller, we haven't heard from you in a bit. What do you think of, uh, you know, the the rotation that's after, you know, your top couple guys here? What do you think about this wide receiver group here in Jacksonville? You know, I'm actually – I kind of like these. Uh, I mean, they have a pretty deep room in my opinion. I mean, they kind of got – obviously, Macho's talk, like, talk, touching on um, Laquan. Uh, I honestly – obviously, what I've heard and looked into about him – he obviously seems like a pretty like decent, solid guy. Obviously, brought him in off of nothing, kind of signed him just to kind of look, just see what would happen. Honestly, he performed, he outperformed probably what they thought. And I, I am in kind of like agreement with you guys. Lavisca obviously is probably this bright side for this um, wide receiver group. I mean, only being twenty three year old, twenty three years old, definitely has room to grow into a wide receiver. And I definitely could see him moving up. How Macho was kind of saying into that wide receiver two spot. Obviously, with Marvin Jones getting up there in age. You could definitely see him rotating in and getting more like a heavy snap count. And so, yeah, I mean, I, there's nothing really bad to say about this um, wide receiver group. Obviously, Mike, you know, I like having that clear wide receiver cut one. But, you know, it, obviously, if they're going to go with like a more rotational type, type of look, obviously, in their offense, it's not it's not a bad it's not a bad wide receiver. group. Yeah. And we've talked about a couple teams um, in our previous episodes. You know, we talked about like the. Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins, who are a lot more top-heavy, where this is a team that, you know, you don't have any superstars in the wide receiver room, but you have, you know, a bunch of guys who are, you know, decent, a bunch of guys who are solid, a bunch of guys who can 
get in and you're always going to have fresh legs out there at the wide receiver spot. None of these guys are going to get tired most likely because when they are, they got a you know pretty solid guy to back them up. So it'll be uh, interesting to see what Trevor Lawrence can do with these guys. I don't know if any of these wide receivers are going to be great in like your fantasy football type setting just because there's going to be a big rotation. But, um, you know, we're, we're not looking into fantasy here. We're looking overall, and I think overall this isn't a, a necessarily huge weak point of your team. I mean – it's it's deep like you said there's a there's a bunch of guys here to kind of see what they can do and i think you'll come out of you know the first couple of weeks with a pretty solid um you know group here to start for trevor lawrence i mean yeah you, i mean you're talking about the deepness of our wide receiver group even like uh jeff con jr has been like wait, he played a little bit last year he showed a lot of upside he looked great but like it just basically a lot of it comes down to like experience and just we, we have a young team. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I think up and down, we're going to get into the rest of these, these positions, but up and down is a very young team. I think, you know, me and Priller just did the uh, Jets episode last uh, last time, and that was another very, very young team. And those teams both drafting super early in the draft. And, you know, these are rebuilding teams. So you, you're hoping to see young teams. But, yeah, these guys are super young, have plenty of room to grow and Maybe this season won't be the best for these guys, but they'll definitely, you know, improve themselves and improve chemistry together. So it's a it's a pretty solid unit, pretty good outlook for this for this wide receiver group, but nothing too too special here. So um, we'll move on to the tight end room, which is headlined by um, you know I would say two guys are kind of going to be in rotation here, and that's Evan Ingram and Dan Arnold. Um, you know I think. There's people going different ways with these two guys. Some people think Dan Arnold should start. Some people think Evan Engram. Um, Evan Engram, a new addition, as well as Dan Arnold, but both, um, you know, don't have super expensive contracts. Um, Evan Engram's only on a one-year deal, so you're you're hoping to see something out of him to, you know, end up re-signing him, but nothing guaranteed here. Evan Engram obviously is a super good athlete as a tight end. Um, you probably could say he's the fastest tight end in the league, but it's really his hands have been a huge, huge issue, and you're really looking out of um, you're really looking for sure hands out of your tight end most of the time. We've talked about these other teams, like I've said, um, you know, with the the Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, like these guys have tight ends with sure hands. You know, third and two, you need a couple yards, hit that guy underneath, he's gonna catch it every time. Evan Ingram's not that guy. Now. He has that big play upside. He can, you know, make something out of nothing a lot, but you want consistency out of your number one tight end, and Evan Engram's not really going to give it to you, where a guy like Dan Arnold um, is more of that sure-handed guy, um, not as great of an athlete, but has the size, you know, three inches taller than Evan Engram to be that sure-handed target, maybe your red zone target for um, for Sam Darnold here that can get those short yardage uh, gains that, that you need, and you know, he, he maybe didn't have the best season that you're looking for um, this past season with the Jaguars, but I think Dan Arnold has, has the capability of growing into that tight end one over Evan Engram, even though Evan Engram's kind of your, you know, flashy new piece, new signing. But I think Dan Arnold's more of your just consistent guy, maybe not as flashy and athletic. I mean, Dan Arnold, he was brought over during the trade with uh, C.J. Henderson, the Panthers. And he got injured pretty short on, but when he was playing, he looked amazing. Because he was, I think he was a number one when we traded for him. And Chris Banhurst was number two. And Chris Banhurst is a blocking tight end. He's like a Mercedes Lewis. Mm -hmm. 
He just, I mean, yeah, he just overpowers people. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of Evan Ingram. I think his drops are a problem. For my tight end, I want possessions. I just want, like, tight ends I see as, like, a almost like a safety option to throw to. And I don't see Evan Ingram as that way. I'd rather have the safety than the chance to have a big play, which I don't think the chance is very high with Evan Ingram. Yeah, he's been very inconsistent throughout, you know, his entire career. This will be his first year out of New York, so maybe things change for him. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's always had drop issues, so it's not like we're really looking for anything to change. Um, you know, being five years in the league, you don't expect a lot of, you know, change in something as simple as catching and hands, but... I think with these two guys, you'll have, you know, we talked about with the running backs having that, like, kind of one-two punch, that thunder and lightning. Here you're having that guy that can get vertical and Evan Ingram and get down the field, and maybe it's like a mismatch problem for, your, you know, linebackers. He's too fast, and for corners, he's too tall. Um, where Darren Arnold is just, he's just a consistent guy with sure hands. It's going to be that, you know, I need third and two. I need two yards. I need to throw it up to Dan Arnold, who's going to jump over everybody and get his hands on the ball and bring it down. So, this will be a good group here, um, depending on the situation, bring each guy in. And, uh, you know, Evan Engram's probably not your uh, your best blocking tight end. But, you know, Dan Arnold, Dan Arnold can get it done. He's not he's no slouch in the run game. I think Evan Engram on early downs probably won't see the field a ton, and I think it'll be Dan Arnold early downs. And then you'll see if, you know, you have a third and ten and you're looking for ten yards, you might look for an Evan Engram to hop on the field. But this will be a little bit of a rotation here. It'll be interesting – you know, I think, like I touched on with the wide receivers, we'll see pretty early on who's going to be who's going to be getting the playing time here. So, Pearl, yeah, I'd like to get your yeah, 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 with yeah. these two guys. You know, Evan Engram and Dan Arnold. What do you think about these two? Um, you know, to be Trevor Lawrence's big, big body targets. You know, honestly, I do agree with you guys. I mean, having with your tight end, having to be in your sure-handed guy, and obviously, Evan Engram has shown inconsistencies in doing that, but. He has been in New York, so, I mean, like, cut him some slack a little bit. I mean, we're all hoping that he can do something, obviously. We're, we're never praying on someone's downfall. But, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying cut him some slack for being in New York, not having the greatest uh, QBs thrown to him. But, yeah, obviously we want we want success. And Dan Arnold, I do, I do think that he probably will get most of the playing time. You guys kind of mentioned he is that kind of, like, run blocker type of guy. He is that more sure-handed target, and I think that's kind of what Trevor Lawrence needs. And coming into a sophomore season, he kind of needs someone that he know knows for sure will catch that ball. But I think Evan Ingram could um, – I mean, obviously, you don't know what to expect out of him right now because we've never seen him with, like, a great QB, like, in the recent years. So it would be interesting to see if Trevor Lawrence will use him or how they'll utilize him, basically, Evan Ingram, in um, the passing game and see if Evan Ingram can actually turn it around and show us all different, obviously, and show us different – show us, like, taking that step up to be an actual good tight end at the least. I mean, Evan Ingram and Dan Arnold are both 27. I mean, they're still pretty young in the NFL. Yeah. Plenty of time to, like, grow, which I don't think Evan Ingram's blocking is going to improve much just because of his size. I mean, I think Dan Arnold has a lot of upside. I'm much more of a fan of Dan Arnold than Evan Ingram. Yeah, but I think um, I'd like to touch on Doug Peterson being the new head coach, too. I think we'll see a very – interesting offense and um you know he had success in philadelphia with zach Ertz and dallas goddard there working a a two tight end system and both of those guys did pretty well in philadelphia they both got plenty of playing time and um it worked out well for them you know making it to the super bowl and winning um you know while doug peterson was there so 
you could see some success out of these guys. I think both guys will get a decent amount of playing time. I don't think this is going to be a one-man show. I think both guys will will see, you know, early downs and late downs. It just kind of depends on the situation, depends on, you know, how they're feeling, you know, energy-wise. So we'll, we'll see uh, a pretty interesting situation here with the tight ends. Big rotation in the entire receiving group, wide receivers and tight ends. A lot of guys coming in and out, most likely, is what we're going to see. So should be interesting um but your your third and fourth guys are chris manners and luke farrell not uh nothing that you're su super happy about i mean these guys aren't aren't going to be getting a ton of playing time over your your top two tight ends here luke farrell was a draft pick last year we haven't seen much from him. chris manners i think we signed him to a decent contract last year up under urban meyer but no i think i had to jump back to it but Dan and Arnold and uh, Evan Ingram. I think we're going to see a lot of like uh, two tight end lineups this year, especially with our running game. If we have James Robinson healthy, it's just going to be like kind of Dan Arnold blocking, and then maybe the play action with Evan Ingram popping out. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And just to touch on it, yeah, I kind of did mention how Evan Ingram hasn't really had any good QBs, but I did look up. I mean, he had he did have Eli Manning in his rookie year, and I mean that's when he produced the most. So when you, he sees great QBs, obviously. He can produce, and I mean, 722 yards. This rookie season's pretty impressive for a rookie tight end oh, coming into the league. Eli Manning in in 2017 was no great. Obviously, it wasn't the best, but I mean, get, uh, I mean, Evan Ingram's seen a decent target share, and obviously that's kind of important. And so, I mean, I don't, I don't really know how to put it, but Eli Manning's not a bad QB. Obviously, he's not as bad as Daniel Jones. So, I, I mean, I'm just, like, kind of comparing the two. Oh, yeah. And so I think I think Evan Ingram could see a more of an upside, and that's why I'm kind of hitting that. I think Trevor Lawrence obviously is a better QB than Daniel Jones, so I think Evan Ingram – that that itself can definitely help Evan Ingram produce more in, in the passing game or in the receiving game. Yeah, for sure. I think this will be a good group. I think the whole roster, um, you know, skill position-wise, is going to be pretty deep, a lot of rotations, like I said. So we'll see a lot of guys coming in and out. Maybe not the best fantasy football team, but uh, or you know Jaguars might not have a great fantasy football outlook, but these guys will be um, all getting some some playing time. So we'll jump into the offensive line. You know we we'll just breeze over it pretty quickly here. So going left to right, we have left tackle Cam Robinson, left guard looks like Tyler Shatley, center looking like Luke Fortner. You got the new addition of right guard Brandon Sheriff, and right tackle is going to be Jawan Taylor. Um, and then, you know, I know Macho has strong opinions about Walker Little, so I'll, I'll mention Walker Little as well as a uh, backup tackle as well. Um, but this group is getting upgraded. Uh, Brandon Sheriff's going to be a huge, a huge asset for Trevor Lawrence's protection and also in the run game with, um, with Travis Etienne and James Robinson. But I do want to mention the, the losses of Andrew Norwell and Brandon Linder are going to be pretty big here. So... It'll be interesting to see uh, how this group can kind of mesh together. But, you know, Macho, I know you're probably itching to talk about these guys. So what are your thoughts on this offensive line here coming to 2022? Okay, so Walker Little, he is shown – he was basically – he dropped to us in the second round. I think it was second. And uh, he was projected to be a first-round pick, but then he tore both his ACLs in his senior year. And he dropped – and he started playing last year for or this year in that preseason game, and he has been dominating like Trevon Walker, Josh Allen. He's just been dominating like our top tier DNs. And it from what it seems like, Jawan Taylor is not going to be starting. It's going to be Walker Little, 
then Tyler Shatley, he's almost like a flex alignment. Like he plays every every position. He fills in like wherever we need him. Like when uh Brandon Linder got injured last year, he filled in for him at center. I don't know who the fuck Luke Fortner is. That's honestly my first time hearing him. <laughs> I mean, that's probably my bad, but you know. But yeah, no, Tyler Shatley's a great dude. He's just like able to get in any positions be solid. He's not great. He's probably more bad, but like he's able to <laughs> fill in and do a decent job. But like Walker Little Walker Little has looked amazing. Kim yeah, Robinson dog shit though. I don't know, um, you know, if Jawan Taylor has gotten any playing time at Gardner's, you know, young college career or even you know, young he's career. Always been he's only a tackle. Yeah, he was a left tackle, I think, in college. But like he is not look he's he's underperformed from being a second round pick who had a lot of upside who dropped to us. I think there's a reason he dropped to us because he's not been very good. Brandon Scherf, though, I'm actually very excited about that signing. I kind of wish we kept Andrew Norwell, but you know. Yeah, so two of your um two of your three highest played players here on the Jacksonville Jaguars are gonna be Cam Robinson, your left tackle, getting paid fifty four million dollars over three years. And Brandon Sheriff getting paid $49.5 million over three years. So, you know, the Jaguars definitely want to protect Trevor Lawrence and get that run game going. Signing, you know, two of your top three, um, you know, contracts are going to be offensive linemen this upcoming year. So this should be, a, a you know, a decent unit. Maybe nothing too crazy. You're not having any top, top, top tier linemen. But Brandon Sheriff's a great, great piece to have. Super solid. He's, He's elite. He's elite. That's the only way to put it. He's an elite alignment that yeah, we were he's able to. He's going to be a super, super solid guy, probably helping these guys and elevating them um, to, you know, play at better levels. So you're super happy there. But around him, you know, Walker Little, like you said, has that upside to be, you know, a first round talent. And we're, we're going to see early on if he's getting those starting reps, you know, in week one. Hopefully he's able to put on a show and keep that job. So Cam Robinson, super solid left tackle. And, um, you know, Walker Little will, will hopefully get in the rotation as well. But I think Brandon Sheriff and Cam Robinson will be super solid guys on this offensive line. And the rest of the guys, you know, will just need to fill in and do a decent job to uh, to keep this offense going. I mean, Cam Robinson, he's a great player. He really he really is a good old lineman, but he's a hothead. I mean, Pearl, you're a Seahawks fan. You remember the game a couple years ago, I think it was 2017, when the Jaguars played the Seahawks and, you know, a couple players got ejected. They are throwing beer cans at the players. And they almost started because Cam Robinson was trying to fight some D-linemen. <laughs> uh, that's interesting how you bring that up. I mean, the, yeah, obviously that, that's a problem when it comes to being an offensive lineman because, you know, you got the defensive line who likes to talk shit the whole time. Right. But, he, yeah, he, so obviously that's a big problem. I mean, offensive line, you're supposed to be – supposed to be have not a lot of emotion on the offensive line. You're supposed to just do your job, protect the QB. Obviously, if you're getting ejected during the game, it's not a good thing. But, yeah, I mean, kind of just touching on what you guys said, Brand Sheriff obviously is an amazing offensive lineman. I think, that's a, I think that was a great addition to the Jaguars team. Obviously, Macho touched on them losing uh, Andrew Norwell and that and Brandon Linder uh, retiring. But I think with seeing Trevor Lawrence getting sacked 32 times last year, obviously the Jaguars made it a need to um, upgrade this offensive line. I think with bringing in Brandon Sheriff, that's exactly what they wanted to do. I mean, him being such a great pass-protecting offensive lineman, I think this is just obviously can't say enough how much of an amazing addition it was to this team. I mean, I can't, 
I, I really don't know anything about the bench players. I know Ben Barch. He was that one dude who filmed that video of him drinking that nasty-ass smoothie at the Combine. He was a tight end. He put on a shit ton of weight. When he actually played last year, he filled in for Andrew Norwell when he was injured. He looked great. He actually looked very good. I'm very excited about Ben Barch. Casey McDermott is another one of those, like, Tyler Shatley players that just, like, they can fill in any role. They can play anything of a line, just, like, a little below average, but they do it decently. Just enough to, like, get the job done. Yeah, they're basically band-aids, you know, in case a guy goes down, they can fill in any spot on the offensive line and do a, an okay job. And, you know, once your starter gets back in, then they hop back on the bench where they, you know, belong. And they, you know, they have a role on this team. Just, you know, having that guy on the bench, I think it's a valuable piece to have um, on any team up and down because injuries happen um, to every position. So having a guy that can come in and fill fill roles for you is perfect. I think Ben Barch actually has a chance to end up starting. He showed, like, an aggression that was just unreal. Like, it was like, I mean, we were, like, probably like two and we, – we, I think we won one game at this point in the season. And, like, he's behind the O-line. He's throwing people around. He's getting everyone fired up in the huddle. Like, Ben Barch is an electric dude. He is a fun alignment to watch. He's aggressive. He – He's one of those dudes who just, like, wants to put the pressure on, wants to make it electric as possible. And, like, it's it's fun to watch. Like, there's people like Quinn Nelson, like, I don't know, what, what's the 49ers left tackle? Trent Williams. Yeah, I mean, they're they're fun to watch. It's like, oh, linemen, they're just, like, they have yeah, the energy. Their goal is to put the guy in front of them on their ass. Yeah, and it's fun as hell to watch. Yeah, exactly. Like, you want to see it. And Ben Barsh has that attitude, which I love. I love more than anything. I really I like I like the greediness of the players, and he actually is probably my favorite alignment on the team. Even though he's probably not close to the best. So let me ask you one more question before we move on to the uh, to the defense here. What do you know about a guy named Coy Cronk? Dude, I know absolutely nothing. Honestly, <laughs> this I was looking at this thing. I was like, who the fuck is this dude? And who the fuck is Boo? But that so I don't know. Like, I don't know these dudes' names. Well, they're probably I not going to make the team, if that makes you feel any better. Oh, no, no, no so, chance. I know Daryl Williams. Yeah, Daryl Williams has been around. He's bounced around to a couple teams. Yeah. Maybe he'll find a spot, but who knows. But yeah, no, I'm actually – I think our O-line has a very high upside this year. I think overall – so, you know, we'll wrap up the offense here. I think overall this Fortner's offense – I'm pretty sure he's a rookie. Who? Fortner. Fortner. Oh, yeah, he's okay. a rookie this year. He's gotcha. a third-round rookie. He could be he could be pretty good. I mean, Brayden Linder was fucking amazing. Brayden Linder was incredible for us. Yeah. He really I mean, was. You're hoping that Luke Fortner can can get up to that upside. I don't think he will. As a third round rookie was... coming out of Kentucky, he's got the size, six foot six, um, you know, to be that guy. And he's an older rookie coming out, twenty four years old. So you're probably what? hoping for him to have a pretty good first, you know, rookie season to start more than Did uh, you hear the last graphic we took from Kentucky was? Um, no, do I? It was Josh Allen. Josh Allen, that is correct. Yeah. And not the quarterback for anybody listening out there. No, nah, that dude fucking He's sucks. Wyoming. No, nah, I love Josh Allen. He's my favorite quarterback. All right. Well, to wrap up this offense, I think overall, super, super young team. Um, and a lot of upside at most of the positions here. It's just kind of. Will they get to that? And I think the new coach of Doug Peterson, the new addition there, will definitely help this team 
I think it'll be a better offense than this past season. I think you upgraded pretty much everywhere. So I think it'll overall be a much better offense. And I think there's a lot of upside here, like I'm saying, with these young guys. So they can grow together, um, get that chemistry going, and hopefully you'll see an uptick in production. But overall, um, this team isn't going to do anything crazy, most likely. I mean, Macho in the intro kind of previewed this whole season no, as being, you know, we suck. We, we suck every year, but... I think this offense will be pretty solid. So, you know, what do you guys think about the, uh, you know, the outlook here going into 2021, just as the whole offense, what is this team going to do, you know, as a unit? I mean, one thing I'll say about this season is that we have a very high ceiling, but our floor is very low. Like, we could have a chance to really fuck up stuff. You could have another season like this past year in 2021 where you go 3-14, but this team definitely could be a team that – you know, in a weak division, could be maybe competing for a playoff spot. I mean, I doubt it with the Colts um, and the Titans in your division, but you could be up there. You know, this team could could be around 500, depending on how well these guys can mesh together. And, you know, we'll hop into the defense as well, but I think offensively this will be a, you know, it won't be a bottom five, bottom ten offense in the league. It'll be it'll be serviceable. We play the our uh, our division. We play this year is the AFC West, so we're pretty much fucked. Uh, well, the whole AFC kind of AFC you know, West is looks really crazy. Weird. Obviously, the AFC West with all their additions has been nuts, but you know it's going to be yeah. tough to to get into the playoffs if you're any team in the AFC, especially a team that just had the number one pick. So maybe not a crazy uh, crazy expectation, but like you said, the ceiling's high. You have the upside, so we'll see what they can do, but. Perler, what are your thoughts here going into 2021 about just the offense here for the Jaguars? You know, honestly, I kind of liked how you put it. I mean, they obviously could perform and outperform. Uh, obviously, like, do good. That's what I'm basically trying to they could, they could compete, obviously go 500, but they also could do what they uh, did this year and just do shitty. But, I mean, that's kind of – this kind of could be said for a lot of teams, but I think this team more more likely than not could could definitely happen to them. But obviously, yeah, pretty young team, obviously led by Trevor Lawrence. Um, definitely you want to see something come out of this team. You definitely want to see some production. You want to see something that the Jaguar fans haven't seen in a while. Yeah, and I think even if you don't see, you know, a ton of wins in the win column, you just want to see growth as a team, as a unit, because these guys are going to be together for a while. A lot of these guys on rookie contracts or long-term deals can work together to grow as players so if if nothing else have this team grow and be better for the future um and that's really all you can look for with the offense at least so as long as you guys are good said everything about this offense that you want to say um you guys both all set macho priller how we feeling yeah i'm good all right well we'll take a quick break here um before we hop into the defense but you know stay tuned we'll be right back um on the underground football podcast Hey guys, I'm your host Mike. Go check us out on Twitter at the UF Pod, where we post updates on the latest news in the NFL, and it's also the best place to engage with us. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to talking football. Welcome back to the Underground Football Podcast, where we're doing our 2022 preview of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, we've hopped in and we've done the entire offense, obviously, as you just heard, and now we're going to hop into the defensive side of the ball. We'll start with the edge rushing group here, headlined by your one-two punch in Josh Allen, 
who we touched on a little bit earlier, and the number one overall pick, rookie phenom Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. Now, these guys are both unbelievable athletes, very, very fast around the edge. Um, both have great, great size as well. Yeah, Josh Allen has been doing it for a few years now, drafted seventh overall in 2019. So two first-round picks on your edge, super happy about that. But these guys have the size to, you know, manhandle their tackle, uh, you know, the opposing tackles. So Josh Allen at 6'5", 262, and Trayvon Walker at 6'5", 275. These guys are unbelievable um, athletic specimens of human beings. Um, super long arms on both of them. And, you know, Josh Allen has shown that he can drop into coverage a little bit. Now, this is going to be a 3-4 defense, so these guys will be – you know, listed as linebackers in some places, but they're they're going to be getting after the passer most of the time. But they're both athletes that can get out into coverage if they need to. Um, but you know, Trayvon Walker, I'd like to touch on first. He is the definition of polarizing, oh. and you don't know what you're going to get out of this guy yet. So he was drafted number one overall as basically just like athletic upside. We you know could have the best pass rusher in the league if he turns out. But if he doesn't, you know, things aren't going to be great. So this guy has unbelievable upside, as I, you know, I've said a couple times already. But he, um, you know, it'll just take some time for him to get get into the groove. He's only 21 years old, um, but drafted number one overall. You're hoping for this guy to come in and start out pretty strong at the beginning. But Josh Allen on the other side will be your guy to give you that guaranteed um, production there at your edge rushing spot. So, you know, Josh Allen coming into his rookie year had 10 and a half sacks, had, um, you know, only eight games played in 2020. So, you know, don't don't count this for anything really, but two and a half sacks in 2020. And then 2021 back again for 16 games had seven and a half sacks. So Josh Allen, super solid on the edge, can defend the run, can defend the pass, can get after the quarterback. This guy's your do-it-all um, edge rusher. He's, you know, one of the best guys in the league to you know, just get after the quarterback, and he'll be able to help out Trayvon Walker um, in the beginning of his career, his early young career. These both, these guys are both very young. Josh Allen's still only 25 years old, so these guys will be able to grow together as uh, as a great one-two duo. So, you know, Priller, I'll hop in with you first. What do you think about the uh, you know the one-two on the edge? These young guns here, um, you know, getting after the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on it earlier, obviously, with them being massive. I mean, both of them towering at 6'5", that's that's huge as coming off the edge. I mean, having both those guys obviously being at the size, too, so 6'5", obviously, and also weighing that 270, 260 pounds. I mean, that's those are big guys on the edge, and obviously those guys bring the power. Obviously, they bring the strength to the, uh, the defensive side of the ball. But, yeah, you touched on them being young. And I would I just like to uh, come also to it as Clavon Chasson. I mean, he's also very young. This 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 edge rushing group that we're talking about, they're very very young. And obviously, it's kind of been noted that the Jaguars they they really want to build up that defensive line. I mean, drafting such high, using such high draft capital on these um, edge rushers, it's 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 a clear sign to see to say that the Jaguars really want to focus on their edge rushers. Yeah, and obviously we've seen teams with you know premier edge rushing talent have had a lot of success and it's a very important position so they've been investing in it and you know 2019 2020 and then you know you skip a year but 2022 all first round picks that they have had have been you know for edge rushing defenders so you know Clavon Chasson 
Uh, you pointed him <laughs> out. First round pick in 2020 has not turned out into what you were hoping. Now, he was another project that you were just kind of throwing your first round pick at upside and athletic ability, but he obviously has not turned out to be what you were hoping. But I think, you know, the, the pick of Trayvon Walker shows you that they're ready to move on and move on to a phenomenal athlete, a better athlete than Clavon in, uh, in Trayvon Walker. So these guys will be, um, you know, getting a little bit of a rotation in. There's a couple other guys um, that may be getting some time, but I think your main two are going to be Trayvon and Josh Allen. Um, so, Macho, I'll hop in with you now, if that's cool, to, uh, you know, see what you think about, you know, your number one overall pick this year and, you know, your super solid, not veteran, but, you know, guy has been doing it for a few years here in Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen was top. He had a couple years under Clays Campbell. I think my, I, I think it was just one year. But yeah, no, Josh Allen's he's good. He's solid. He uh, gets the job done. He fucking developed great, and that's rare for the Jaguars. Ja- Jaguars don't develop defensive players. But uh, Kevon Chasson, I mean, I hope he develops. He's underperformed and that draft class is looking horrendous i mean we had took cj henderson i think ninth and then we took clavin chasson i probably butchering his name right now but we took anyone else saying it right don't worry about it clavin chason clavin chason yeah yeah, no i think yeah no that it's just looking like a bad draft class right now but you know trayvon walker i was very upset with that pick i won hutchison and then we got to the first preseason game, and he looked dominant. He was everywhere. He's like a he's built like Miles Garrett. I mean, his upside is literally Miles Garrett. He's just a freak athlete yeah. who needs a little bit more like polishing on the skill side. Which I don't. I mean, he seems like he has the the uh, determination to do it, but it just depends if he gets it done. But yeah, no, he looks like amazing. I actually am really excited about our, our uh, D line, our defensive ends. But uh, yeah, Jordan Smith, he can go fuck himself. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I'll hop back with uh, with Trayvon Walker. Just um, you know, pointing out what you said that that pick was you know maybe frowned upon around the league, but I think it's it's iffy. It's weird when you're in that position that the Jaguars are in with the number one pick and having Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker be like kind of your, your guys you're deciding between, you know, Hutchinson's your more polished guy who's maybe not got the insane crazy upside that a guy like Trayvon Walker has, but you basically know you're going to get, you know, his, his floor is pretty, pretty high. So maybe you wanted Hutchinson there, but I think, you know, it depends how the Jaguars think they can work with Trayvon Walker to get him up to that, Miles Garrett type athleticism, Miles Garrett type, you know, skill set. So it's it's going to be interesting because the Jaguars, like you said, haven't really had much success at developing guys, but it worked out with Josh Allen. So it's there's nothing saying that Trayvon Walker can't work out as well. It's just, you know, it was an interesting pick. I think if you go with Hutchinson, you have your guy who you know is going to be pretty solid overall. Maybe he can get a little bit better, but, you know, you're not going to look at Hutchinson as being, you know, a top, top, top defensive end or pass rusher whatever you want to call him um but Trayvon Walker has a high floor but also a really low or a 
excuse me, low floor and a really high ceiling. So this guy could could be amazing. And like you said, that preseason game um, in the Hall of Fame game, he looked unbelievable. So yeah, we'll see what he can do. He yeah, really like outperformed himself. He looked like a man amongst boys at times. So this guy could be mm-hmm. an unbelievable player. Only time will tell. But you know this this duo should be pretty solid. Um, as long as Trayvon Walker can can look like he did in preseason, you know, in the regular season, these guys should be getting after the passer each play and you know just harassing the enemy offensive lineman. So yeah, yeah, um, I, I would agree. I mean, yeah, I think that's, after that's... that you basically have Clavon on, who, like we said, is kind of just still you're looking for development there, which there hasn't been any. But he's still only 23 years old. So this guy still has time. Um, but obviously, like Macho pointed out, this has not looked like a great pick. And the whole draft class, you know, with CJ Henderson as well, has not looked great. But Clavon does have the ability to grow as a player. And Josh Allen has shown that in this system, you know, he can he can grow into the player that he wanted to be. And so I think Clavon has the, the capability of growing as a player. But... You know, we'll see how that works out, but I think him and Trayvon Walker working, you know, in tandem on one side, and then Josh Allen being your main guy on the other side, these guys should come out with a pretty good edge rushing, you know, duo or trio, however it works out. This should be a pretty solid unit. So, you know, the backups here, there aren't a ton of, uh, you know, big names, obviously. Rashad, Barry, Macho pointed out Jordan Smith, um, Jameer Jones. Deshaun Dixon and Wyatt Ray. I don't think any of these guys are really going to get significant playing time. You know, they'll be yeah. in rotationally, but you have your main two or three guys that you're going to get a lot of playing time from. I'll explain the Jordan Smith stuff quick. So it's kind of like a little mystery, but it's basically we drafted Jordan Smith about two years ago, and he has not played a snap for us yet. He has been injured every fucking year, every fucking snap. He's not made, uh, what is it, uh, OTAs yet. He's been injured before OTAs. It is the most annoying fucking player because, I mean, he was exciting. He was an athletic edge rusher. He were, everyone was really pumped about, but he just cannot stay healthy. The one thing I'll give, like, you're saying Clavon Chasson, like, like, he's, like, unexpected. You don't know where you're getting from. He <clears throat> he has showed determination. He wants to get better. He's talk, I think there's a clip of him talking to a uh, veteran, exploring new moves. I think it was a... Uh, might have been Joey Bosa. But, yeah, no, he wants to get better. He wants to be the best player he can be. And, I mean, that's what you love to see of a player. Yeah, you want you want work ethic um, out of your young guys, especially these guys that are projects coming out. You know, Clavon Chazon was taken as a, as a project that just has that athletic ability that you can't teach these guys, but he just needed to refine himself. And he hasn't got to that point yet, but you like to see work ethic out of these guys and that determination, like you said, to, uh, to get better. So... There's definitely a shot for him. And, you know, Jordan Smith, um, I'd like to point out, was a fourth-round pick in the 2021 draft. Obviously, he hasn't got on the field, so we don't really know a ton about him. And he's on injured reserve again, so we probably won't see him very much, if at all, this season as well. So, you know, your main two guys, Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen, we talked about both of them pretty extensively. Um, I know, or, you know, if you guys have any other points to make, Go ahead right now, or I can hop into the uh, the interior of this defense. Uh, yeah, so basically, old Jaguars fans are really excited to see him play this year. And then the day before uh, OTA started, he got injured. So, yeah, he's a fucking pussy. He can go fuck himself. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> moving on from that. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, just touching again, I mean, they're highlighting. They are a very young group, and I mean, Macho kind of mentioned Clavon, Clavon Chasson, uh having that determination factor, uh, going up to veterans and trying to learn new uh, skill sets, and obviously that's a huge thing. It would be kind of. It would have been nice to see this offseason. Uh, the Jaguars bring in more of a veteran face on the edge rushing uh, unit to kind of give these younger guys kind of more tools in their tool belt to use and to be more successful. I mean, that's one thing about being Jaguars, like especially because we're based off Jacksonville. It's a small market team. It's very hard to get players to our market, which is at the end of the day, it's why we had to pay Christian Kirk so much money. It's why we had pay. That's why at the time we had to pay Calais Campbell so much money, even though he turned out to be fucking amazing. It's we're a small market team that has to like overpay for players because no one wants to live in fucking Jacksonville. I went to Jacksonville once. It's a dog shit city. It's not fun there. It's dirty. It's fucking like floody nonstop. Jacksonville sucks, but like it's hard to get people to get there and like to be players there. Yeah, and I mean, the team hasn't had much success either, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just like, it's not an exciting termination. The one thing they have going for them is they have Florida taxes. It's the only thing they have going for them. Everything else is just, like, disappointing. It's not a good destination to go to. I mean, Adrian Orwell was the only dude who enjoyed it, just because he fished fucking every day. But yeah, but, you know, it. it's hard to get players to go there. Yeah, I feel that. So we'll hop into the uh, to the defensive or the interior defensive lineman here. Um, I think you know the edge rushers should be should be great um, at getting after the passer, but I think these guys in the interior will be better, you know, run defending and you know just blowing up you know plays whether it's passes or runs. But I think you know your main guy here is Foley Fadukasi. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. Um, the new addition coming over from the New York Jets, he gets a $30 million contract here to come to Jacksonville. Maybe an overpay, but I don't really think so. I think this guy's going to be a great player here in, in Jacksonville. I think, you I'm gonna know, counter that. what was that? I'm going to counter that actually. All right. Well, so, I'll let, hold on. Let me, let me do a little bit oh, here. Not on not Fadukasi is basically your nose tackle run defender type. Now, this guy isn't going to be your pass rusher at all. He's not going to get, you know, a ton of sack numbers, ton of pressure numbers, but he's going to fill up holes. He's going to take on blockers, and he's going to allow your linebackers and your other defensive linemen to have a feast um, on these running backs that are coming through. So this guy's going to be in on early downs, but I think he's genuinely a top five, maybe even more, uh, maybe even higher top five run defender in the NFL. So this guy's, and I guess I'm talking, you know, at his position, um, you know, you have guys like Aaron Donald and stuff who can just literally take over games. But this guy is going to be, if you're looking for a nose tackle who can fill up run gaps and do a great job at getting your linebackers free, you know, one-on-one tackles with running backs, this is the guy that you want to come in and do that. You know, six foot four, 318 pounds, Still only 27 years old, but he showed with the Jets that he can be a menace um, and a force to be reckoned with for, you know, enemy offensive lines. So, Macho, I'll let you go in on why you think that Farukasi's a bad signing, I guess. No, no, no. I'm not saying he's a bad sign. I, I don't know much about him. I really don't. I don't pay attention to the fucking Jets. My apologies, but I'm saying that our best interior D lineman is Devon Hamilton. 
So we took him. I I we I don't remember the draft pick we took him, but it wasn't early. It was it was round Third three. Round so. pick in twenty twenty, seventy third overall. Yeah, and so he was Ohio State. He turned out fucking amazing. Very good. He's not a very good pass rusher, but his run defense is phenomenal. It is actually it is very underrated. It is great. And we have instantly pushed him up to our team. Like he knows what to do. He gets the like during the time like when we had him, we had like the problems with the run game. Like Derrick Henry's run two hundred yards a game on us. And he was the one bright spot on that team. Like Miles Jack, as much as I love him, awful, def- awful at run defense. Great pass coverage, awful at run defense. But yeah, no, Devon Hamilton was the one bright side on that team for run defense, and he was able to get the ball every time. He actually was like, he was very, he was exciting to watch. He was a defensive tackle who I enjoyed watching because he's physical. He was smart with his moves. He was able to get to the pass rusher and like disrupt the the runner, especially when we're in the league with Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. We have to have that. It's yeah. just necessary. I think both of these guys on the inside are going to be deadly. I think you know they're both huge human beings, six four and you know three eighteen and three twenty. These guys are giants. So the two of them together on first down, Derrick Henry's going to have a tough time. You know, now well, maybe. You know, Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry, but these guys are going to definitely be able to fill up run run gaps and take on a lot of blockers, and it'll be a super solid one-two punch um, for run defense. But I'd like to hop into pass rushers, you know, but I'll give Priller some time here. Priller, what do you think about, you know, the the run defense duo here in Fadu Kasi and Devon Hamilton on the defensive line for the Jaguars? These guys are going to, you know, do their job, and that's their role, but what do you think about the two of them, you know, going forward? You know, I like Devon Hamilton. Obviously, he's that young, he's that younger type guy. I mean, Macho kind of touched on it. He is that guy that fills that hole up there, that nose tackle. And Macho's kind of mentioning him pass rushing, but I mean, that's not really what you're looking for in a nose tackle. You're kind of looking for someone who obviously can just kind of fill up that hole. And I mean, yeah, he's young, and Macho said Macho can only say great things about him. But obviously, the Jags aren't really. Um, they don't. They don't. I'm not saying they don't like him, but. Obviously, they're, they're thinking that they need a more of an upgrade at that nose tackle position, which obviously you touched on bringing no, I, in. We don't appreciate him. We don't appreciate him. But obviously, bringing in this newer guy. Uh, Mike, could you give me a translation on his last name? But yeah, just Fadukasi. bringing in this newer guy. Yeah, Fadukasi. Bringing in this newer guy. Obviously, you kind of touched on him being a great run defender. I think that's exactly what the, the Jags kind of needed in this division that they're in. There's the stacked running back division that they're in. Uh, with Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, like Macho mentioned. So I think this is a great addition to their team. And uh, obviously, I I see this guy being very successful in this 3-4 defense. Yeah, like I said, this guy, in my opinion, is one of the best run defenders in the entire league. So he should be a full run. Foley Fadukasi, yes. Yep, yep. Are you talking about him? Yes, Yep. Where have you been? his name. That's okay. Right. So, hopping in with the rest of the interior guys. So, obviously, we talked about the two of them being your uh, your run defenders, but you know you have some guys in here that are going to be more of your pass rushing interior guys. You have Roy Robertson Harris, um, Malcolm Brown is you know a little bit in between. He can do a little bit of both. Adam Gotsis, 
Dwayne Smoot and um, underrated. You know, Arden Key's going to be more on the edge as a you know smaller guy, but Arden Key's a good guy. Six and a half sacks this past season, but he'll be he'll be more on the edge. So, I mean, Mike, I know you're a Forty Nine ers fan. Arden Key has been exceptional for us so far. In our one game preseason, he had two sacks. I think two tackles for losses. He's looked great. Yeah. So Arden Key coming over um, from the Forty ers was in that rotation over there. So he wasn't getting, you know, a ton of playing time and still put up great numbers. And still, you know, you, you knew when he was on the field, he was making his presence known. So this guy can get after the quarterback. He's quick. He's, um, you know, that speed rusher around the edge. He's not super powerful. Um, he's not your big, you know, Trayvon Walker type where he's 275 pounds. He's at 240. So this guy's going to use his speed to get around the edge and, you know, chase down these quarterbacks. What was that? He's a speed rusher. Yeah, so he's he's yeah. going to be your speed guy while maybe Trayvon Walker will be your power guy on the other side. So, Art yeah. Key, though, super solid. You know, rotational um, guy, or he's going to be super solid in rotation. He's not he's not your every down guy. He's going to come in on third downs when uh, when Trayvon and Josh Allen retire. He's going to, you know, rotate in and get after the passer pretty well. So, I mean, so far, I mean, in one game he's succeeded in that. He had two sacks. Yeah, he I was mean, that is preseason, though. You can't put a ton in yeah, it. Yeah, obviously. I'm, yeah, obviously. But, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Who did he sit behind when he was on the 49ers? Did he sit behind Bosa? Or who did he sit behind? So, with the 49ers, they had a huge rotation, including Bosa. So, it's basically all of the guys are rotating. For some reason, they even have, you know, Nick Bosa in rotation, even though he's obviously your best guy. Um, but so, they had they, Nick Bosa at, like, D-line. Or like D, defensive tackle, I mean. No, 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 no. Arden Key's going to be off the edge. He's not going to be on the interior. Is he falling off like uh, Nick like Nick Bosa off the edge, or is he falling off like, I don't even know who your other edge rusher was. No, yeah, he was, Um, Nick Bosa was on the field, obviously, the most, and then it was like Samson, Ebu Cam, and Komoko Ture, and um, Charles and who were on like the other side, kind of in rotation with Jordan Willis as well. There's a bunch of these guys that kind of, you know, come in and out as needed. It was basically to just keep these guys as fresh as possible. So Arden Key got, you know, a, a unbelievably small amount of playing time for how much he affected the game. Um, so, you know, with maybe a bigger role, he could definitely produce a lot more. Hmm? No, he, he really is a great player. No, yeah, 100%. And, you know, he, he probably wanted to come to Jacksonville to get a little bit bigger of a role here. Um, you know, to not sit behind all these guys in uh, in San Francisco. I mean, there's, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Right now, it sounds like he's gonna be our starting like interior D end because we right now we just switched to three four. So we have, uh, which I still, I, I mean, we're talking about edge rusher right now. I don't think we should be having Trayvon Walker as an edge rusher. I think he should be a D end. He's a fucking massive dude. Yeah, I think he'll go in between. I don't think he'll be at one spot or the other. No, I think he'll kind it sounds of... like Doug wants him to be a edge rusher specifically and drop back in coverage, even though he has had an interception from uh, Trevor Lawrence already. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how, how Doug Peterson uses him. I think it'll be a little bit of both, but you know, maybe he starts him out on the edge and he doesn't do so well and he goes inside. We'll see. So... You know, to move on, because we're taking a long time with guys like Arden Key, who probably aren't going to have huge, huge roles as time goes on. But, um, 
you know, I touched on Dwayne Smoot, who you said is super underrated, and I believe so as well. This past season had six sacks, but you look back to, you know, 2020 and 2019, five and a half sacks and six sacks in 2019 as well. So this guy is able yeah, to get after the passer. Constantly from... disrupts. Dwayne Smoot is constantly disrupting the pass. He's a great player. Yeah, he's, he's a, a very underrated guy, so he'll definitely be in rotation as well. More on those pass rushing downs um, when you'll have like Fadukaski and Hamilton in on earlier downs. Um, then you have Adam Gotsis, who, um, you know, will also be in that rotation, maybe getting after the passer a little bit more. Um, you know, three sacks this past season for Jacksonville. Pretty solid. And then Malcolm Brown, I kind of touched on him being kind of in between. So he's a big guy, 6'2", 320, but he can, he can move a little bit. He can get after the passer. Former first-round pick for uh, the New England Patriots in 2015. Um, didn't really pan out as, as what they thought, but he's a good run defender and can get after the passer sometimes too. And then, you know, last guy I'll touch on is Roy Robertson Harris. Um, you know, who's a bigger guy, six foot five, two ninety eight. um, on the interior can get after the passer played four years with the Chicago bears and first season in Jacksonville had three sacks this past season and 14 games. So this will be a big rotation. I think, um, on the interior, especially these guys will all be coming in and out like crazy. I don't think you'll really see, you know, one or two guys in all the time. But I think your main two um, guys on early downs will be Fadukasi and Hamilton. And then the rest of the guys will all rotate in on, you know, your third and fourth downs. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll grab Priller's opinion here. We haven't heard from you in a little bit. What do you think about, you know, the rotation on the interior? Because obviously it's going to be a bunch of guys, at least in my opinion. Um, but are there any guys that stick out to you as, you know, those, those, uh, you know, starting level, starting caliber guys? Not, not too much. They don't really jump off the page at me, honestly, but I mean, obviously, this this whole edge rushing group obviously is headlined by the the two main guys, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. You're going to be seeing off the edge more than these other guys, but I, I think you described them perfectly as like rotational players, and I definitely think they play their role in this this defense. I definitely think that they um, will all see like some type of playing time on the field, and they all get to help uh, contribute to a, a solid defensive unit. For sure, I think this won't be a weakness of this team. I think. They'll be after they'll be able to get after the passer and defend the run, you know, better than previous seasons with all these new additions. So should be a solid group. But um, we'll hop into the rest of the front seven here, and that is the uh, linebacking group, who um, is headlined by two new additions who haven't been with the team yet. And um, you know, that's your rookie first-round pick Devin Lloyd out of Utah with a 27th overall pick, and your free agent signing from the Atlanta Falcons, Foyasada Luakun. Hoping I'm saying that right as well. Um, but Aluakun comes over on a three-year, $45 million deal. So you're hoping to get a lot out of him. But he's basically like having um, another safety or another corner on the field. He's super, super fast. Can get, you know, or not get, but he can lock onto these receivers um, and tight ends over the middle. And, you know, stick with them and run with them. So he's 6'2", 229, you know, not a small guy but he's quick on his feet and can move really fast. So super solid guy in coverage, maybe not your best run defender on the team, um, but he can fly around and cover the pass really well. And then Devin Lloyd, um, maybe that in-between guy that can can do a little bit of both. Um, you're drafting a guy in the first round to be able to, you know, defend the run and the pass, but Devin Lloyd's a little bit bigger, six foot three, 235. Um, but both these guys are young. Aluakun's 27 and Devin Lloyd, obviously the rookie is 23. So, 
these guys will be able to grow together and they'll be, you know, a linebacking duo for at least the three years that Aluakun's contract is. And, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. But I think this will be a pretty good combination of having, you know, both guys that can, can cover a tight end over the middle field, can run with a slot receiver, but can also, you know, fill a gap when they need to and defend the run. Um, alongside of that great interior defensive line that we talked about. So I'll talk uh, with Macho first. What do you uh, what do you think of Devin Lloyd and Foy Sadaluakun? So when we signed him, I mean, we, before all this happened, we traded away Miles Jack, and that was a huge deal. I mean, Miles Jack was our last player from the uh, 2017 AFC Championship game. And uh, so basically – I was a big fan of that. I watched back on a lot of his things. Miles Jack was awful in coverage. Or no, not coverage, on run defense. Great in coverage, but once it comes to run defense, he would always drop back in coverage so quick that he couldn't do anything. So I actually, this decision to get, uh, Mike, can you say his name? Foyasada Luakun. That was not a bad idea. I think he's a great addition. It's perfect to get everything in there. I don't know much about Devin Lloyd. I know Chad Mumo is another big sign. I don't know much about them. But Devin Lloyd, it sounded like he was a very good player, and I'm very excited to see him. I, I think Foy, Mike, say his name? Foy Sadaluakun. I think he is a great addition. I think he's a great sign. I think it adds, like, a little, like, it, it adds the aspect of uh, Miles Jack, like, it just gets the ball. I don't know if he's a high IQ player. I really don't. I mean, you guys tell me if he is. I don't know much about him. I think honestly, he's um, you know, you're. Is he more of an instinct player? He's more of just using his speed to do anything. But he's he's great in coverage. So I think, you know, he's similar to Miles Jack in that aspect, where he's going to be focused on coverage first and run defense second. Um. And I do think that Miles Jack is better than a guy like Foya Luakun, but I do think that he'll have a spot here, and I think the the combination of him and Devin Lloyd will be nice. But Luakun's definitely your your smaller linebacker. That's almost like having a safety, um, an extra Which safety I, on the field. I don't mind that to be honest. I really don't. Yeah, I mean Miles Jack was a bigger guy, um, who was definitely he was like, slow. He was not yeah, very. You were, you were wanting him to be a thumper in the run game, not necessarily in coverage. And he was good in coverage, but when you're so big, it's it's hard for you to, you know, run with a slot receiver over the middle of the field who's nice and quick on their feet. Uh, but I think Foyasada Luakun will be able to do that a little bit better than a guy like Miles Jack. Especially when Miles Jack commits the ball, he would be stuck on that. He wouldn't be able to get back in coverage. There's no chance of saving it. When he actually commits the run, there's no chance of saving it. He was too fucking slow. And I think I, I don't know much about Devin Lloyd. I don't know if he's a high IQ player. Like we need someone just as a middle linebacker to be like kind of just ordering the field around, just getting everything in steady. Yeah, I think from that'll be heard, Devin Lloyd there. Just being like I think Devin Lloyd it sounds like from what I've heard from like all the draft shit, he's very smart. And I'm I'm very pumped for that. Yeah. And I was very I, I actually that was a one like Free agency signing I pay attention to was a Foyasade Halukan. Did I get that right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was very excited about signing because I assume he's an athletic player. He's almost like Miles Jack, just younger and 
actually, which is rare, more athletic. So Miles Jack was a freak athlete. He really was. Yeah. But he was very inconsistent in his coverage. And also, yeah, I know. Wherever. He had a lot of holes. Yeah, which I think, I think a lot of duo here. Um, you know, both guys coming in in their first year together, too. They might bond over that. I think they'll be able to work together in tandem. So, Pillar, I'll get your opinions here. Um, yeah. Starting two linebackers. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't know much about, like, both these guys, but Devin Lloyd, definitely, obviously, they seem they seem pretty high on him, drafting him in the first round, obviously, like I've kind of mentioned before, uh, focusing a lot of the first-round picks on uh, defensive players, which shows that they're, they're really uh, – they're really in the mindset of stopping. Their defense wins games. Defense wins championships. Trying to get back to that 2017 team. Yeah, so obviously I can see them going with Devin Lloyd there. But um, you you talk about Foisade Foy, Foy, um, Alua-Kun. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think the reason why they kind of signed him because he's shown that he's able to um, progress. I mean, in the four years that he was with the Falcons, I mean, always kind of increasing in his in his tackles, obviously. Uh, with the down season in 2019, but he's always he's, he shows improvement. I think that's a very important thing coming into this young Jacksonville Jack, Jacksonville Jaguars team. I think someone who's progressing and actually moving up and like showing that they're growing as a player uh, in the NFL is really important for this team. Obviously, them being all very young, so I think that this was a great addition to their team. And obviously, you guys touched on all of his like aspects and skill set that he has, so I'm not going to get into it, but. I think it's just a great signing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, yeah I mean, Aluakun's going to be great. Smart guy out of Yale. I'd like to point out, you know, Macho's looking for that smart guy in Jacksonville. Maybe he got him oh, here yeah. out of Yale. So, um, but I mean, like Miller said, he's like, I definitely realized Miles Jack definitely plateaued. Everyone was just like, yeah, he's a good, he's a, he's a top tier linebacker, but he never got past that. He plateaued. He didn't get anything above that. It's just like, yeah, he's there. He's going to stay there. And you're just like, you're stuck with that. And where he was at was not acceptable. It was just like, wasn't good for the NFL. Yeah, I think Aluakun, you saw him last year have a career year, 102 solo tackles, two sacks, a forced fumble, and three interceptions. So he's all over the place. You know, he's going to be. I mean, sorry to interrupt, but like, didn't he lead the league in tackles? He may have. I'm pretty sure he did. May have led the league in tackles. Um, I know he did, actually. Regardless, Devin Lloyd and him should be a good combo. But I'll hop into the, uh, yeah. you know, the other guys in rotation being Chad Muma, the third round pick out of Wyoming, um, only 22 years old. Well, we'll see what we can get out of him. But I think you have your main two guys, and you know, I'll touch on Shaquille Quarterman, um, the fourth round pick out of 2020. Shorter guy, smaller guy, um, more of kind of like that safety type, like I'm talking about. Quicker guy, yeah, no. maybe not he's thumping. Not but, uh, in the athletic player, and that's basically about it. Yeah, not, not a lot to say there. He won't get a ton of playing time. So your main guys, Devin Lloyd and Foyside Aluokun, will be super solid. But, you know, we'll move on to the corner room now. Um, you know, Before we do that, I would say Chad Moomin is a very interesting draft pick. I don't know what we're going to get from him. But it's it's confusing. I don't know what we're gonna get from him. Could be good. Could be not. I I'm actually very intrigued about Chad Muma. But yeah, move on. All right. Um, we'll hop in with the corners. Um, I think this is a pretty solid unit as well. So, 
You have Tyson Campbell, who was the second-round pick uh, last year in 2021 out of Georgia. Just basically a first-round pick. He got picked, you know, 33rd overall. So basically a first-rounder. And, you know, this guy came in year one and had a pretty solid season to start. So he should be growing even more um, and becoming that player that you're hoping he can become. And I think he showed that he's capable of, you know, having a strong, strong floor. So this guy should be a super solid corner one. Um, you know, if you want to call Shaquille Griffin your corner one, that's what we'll jump into next. You know, getting paid $40 million over three years, this guy's going to be, you know, a solid guy, unbelievable speed and athleticism. Uh, both of these guys are pretty good in size too, six foot and six one for your corners are, are nice tall corners that can match up with these, uh, you know, jump ball receivers and Shaquille Griffin's that guy that can easily run with the guy down the field. Um, coming over from Seattle, you know, maybe he hasn't been playing as well as, uh, you know, back in his, his heyday, but, you know, he's still only 27 years old, nice young guy to match up with Tyson Campbell, and um, you know, your Campbell's main third guy is going to be Darius Williams, who also gets brought over um, on a three-year, $30 million contract, um, you know, 29 years old, coming over from the Rams, he was super solid opposite of Jalen Ramsey, this is your shorter guy at five foot nine to you know, cover a slot receiver maybe and be a little bit quicker on his feet and uh, quicker with his hands and match up over the middle of the field where, you know, your Tyson Campbell and your Shaquille Griffins are more your outside corners that are going to be, you know, worried about getting getting vertical and covering jump ball, stuff like that. So this should be a solid group, uh, but I'd like to hear your guys' opinions. So, Perla, what do we think about, you know, the top three corners here, um, you know, for the uh, for the Jaguars? Yeah, I mean, I love Shaquille Griffin. Obviously, he's a great, a great athlete. I mean, you kind of mentioned he's that outside corner. You're not really worried about um, your number one wide receiver. I mean, yeah, your number one wide receiver getting getting long on him because obviously he has a great speed and he's six feet tall. So obviously he's got some length on him. So you're obviously not worried about that vertical. I mean, the guy that I do want to talk about is uh, Darius Williams. I'll, I'll talk about Tyson Campbell actually real quick. Uh, I don't really know much about him, so I'm not I'm not gonna go too much in detail. But obviously he has that size that you're looking for as as, as a corner. So, I mean, he just looks like a pretty good prospect for the the Jacksonville Jaguars. But Darius Williams, uh, when you're on a team with Jalen Ramsey, you're not you're really looking like you're going to get targeted because no one's really going to want to force the ball to Jalen Ramsey. So for Darius Williams to have decent stats, obviously, uh, opposite side of Jalen Ramsey, it's pretty amazing. And ju that just shows that the Jaguars brought in some brought in a kind of like an under the radar type of guy in Darius Williams because. You know, you talked about him being the third the third corner. Obviously, that's probably where he's going to sit at, being the smaller guy, being that nickel corner. But um, if you're able to play opposite side of Jalen Ramsey and get targeted a lot during a game, obviously that shows that you're a great corner in the NFL. Yeah, these guys, you know, none of them are maybe your, uh, your shutdown number one that you're going to match up against the other team's number one receiver week in and week out. But I think, um, you know, Tyson Campbell definitely has the, the um, what am I trying to call it, the potential yeah, to become Campbell. that. And, no, uh, Tyson Campbell had a very good second half of the season. First half was very bad. Like, there's no denying that. The second half, he recovered greatly, and, like, he looked like he could actually be elite. Yeah, I think your floor with this group is having three, you know, starting caliber guys, and your ceiling is having, you know, a superstar in Tyson Campbell and two guys that are, you know, above average starters. So this is definitely I mean, going to be a yeah, strong I mean, point of this defense. As much as it pains me, because I hate giving Priller anything with the fucking Seahawks, Shaquille Griffin's fucking good. He's amazing. I I hate the Seahawks just because of this little fucker in this group chat, but, you know, 
Shaquille Griffin's fucking amazing. So is Russell Wilson. Fuck you. Yeah. Okay, let's stay on. Uh, let's stay on corners here for the Jaguars. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this will be a solid group. You got a couple other guys in rotation too. Chris Claybrooks um, and Trey Herndon are probably going to be your main two guys off the bench. Um, but you know, you got your main three guys that are going to be playing the majority of the time, and they're all super, super solid guys that are going to be a strong suit of this um, of this defensive unit. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'll let you go, Macho. Yeah, so basically, yeah, no, no. Our secondary is, is I would actually consider it our strongest point. Our secondary is very good. Not very, it's it's good. It gets the job done. So Rayshon Jenkins is a solid safety. And the surprising part has been Andre Sisko this year. I had very high hopes for him. So when we were playing the, uh, it was a preseason game. He did exactly what a strong safety I want a strong safety to do. When they get past the secondary, when they get past the middle linebackers, not the secondary, but when they get past the middle linebackers, Andre Sisko was always there to make sure he gets tackled. He was always right there to make sure, like, this is not going to be a bigger play. And that's exactly what I want out of free safety. I don't know about you guys, but I want my free safety to be to keep the plays like affordable yeah he's your last line of the fence to sit back so yeah we'll jump into the safeties now Rayshon Jenkins and Andre Sisko are probably going to be your two starters here um Andre Sisko like Macho said is going to be your free safety back deep um third round pick last year in 2021 22 years old out of Syracuse surprise Andre Sisko is a surprise everyone was expecting Andrew Wingard and Andre Sisko has outperformed everyone because they're worried about he's Andre Sisko is not very good in coverage, but when it comes to pursuit, he's very fucking good. He's able to catch the the, the runner, and he's able to tackle him and like to save big plays. Yeah, I think he's going to be probably your your early down guy um, when you think you know the other team is going to run the ball, and then maybe um, Andrew Wingard comes in um, as you know gets the third down to be more of your coverage guy. Or you could see a guy like Daniel Thomas, but Andre Sisko will be super solid in run defense and pursue and keeping everything in front of him. He'll be your last line of defense. So, you know, great to have a guy like that on your team. And then Rayshon Jenkins will be a little bit more of your box safety, um, who will be doing a little bit in the run game, a little bit in the pass game. Um, he's still, you know, in his prime right now, 28 years old. He played four seasons with the Chargers, and now he's come over this past season with the Jacksonville Jaguars and had a pretty good season in 2021 so you're looking for him to you know even get an even better season going with uh with these other safeties but this group should be a little bit of a rotation as well having you know Jenkins, Cisco, Wingard and Thomas all kind of getting their their own playing time um in their own aspect so Priller what do you think about the safety group here um in Jacksonville and you know do you think it's gonna be a rotation like I'm kind of saying or you think there's like you know your your prototypical one and two free safety strong safety you know kind of Mancho has mentioned it I, I do like these kind of under the radar players like he was mentioning with Cisco but I do see them being more of like a rotational group like how you kind of said and um I, I do kind of what Macho touched on I do I don't really agree with them having really a strong suit in this um in this like defensive back category as much as they do in the defensive ends and like the D line type of category. But I, I don't think you're upset with what you got. I think they're a pretty solid group down here. 
uh, in your back uh, as your as your backs. I think so, yeah. the uh, I think the corners are uh, are definitely super super strong here, and I think maybe your safeties aren't at that caliber, but with the rotation, it should be pretty solid. But yeah, I think you know maybe not the defensive backs as a whole being a strong suit, but the corners, um, your cornerbacks are going to be probably uh, the strongest point of your entire team here. No, no, I 100% agree with that. Like, I mean, probably hit it best. Like, our corners are going to be like. I mean, obviously, like, he's a uh, Shaquille Griffin guy. I mean, that's the one thing that we can connect on. Obviously, he's a fucking Seahawks fan. I'm a Jaguars fan. We're, I mean, we're the farthest teams apart. Like, he's northeast, or he's northwest. I'm southeast. And Shaquille Griffin, like, has been nothing but phenomenal. And our safeties, I've, they've proven themselves. They've actually been great. It's been surprising out of nowhere. But yeah, no, like, it's just been, like, nothing else more. Like, Shaquille Griffin, I don't remember him on the Seahawks, but I remember him on the Jaguars. He's been phenomenal. I don't know. I mean, Perler, like, you can add to this, like, I don't remember how good Shaquille Griffin was. Yeah, I mean, he was he, he was a great corner. Obviously, it was sad to see him leave, but obviously you've seen that, how much he got paid. He, he was a great corner, and obviously he got his bag that what he deserved. And so, I mean, I think, is, his hometown is South Florida. Yeah, I, th I think it kind of just shows. I mean, if, if you're able to get paid that much as a corner in this league, that kind of shows what kind of corner you are. Obviously, you got a guy that you, you, you knew what to expect from him. I mean, he's been in the league. Family. Like, his brother came, like – he won to stay in South Florida close to his family. I mean, he went to UCF. He won to stay, like, close to Florida. It's just what he wants to do. Yeah, and I think with him being 27 years old, you kind of knew what you were getting out of him. You were getting a corner that was going to be pretty solid, so I think that's what the Jaguars signed him for. So, yeah, overall, he was a great great corner, and I, I have nothing really bad to say about him. Otherwise, I would. All Surprising. right. Yeah, fan. Well... To wrap up the defense, I think we talked about it up and down. I think the run defense is going to be a strong suit. I think off the edge, you're looking for your two young guys to really pull it together. And, um, you know, you know what you're getting out of Josh Allen, but hopefully that other side can get it going. But I think interior, um, your run defense is going to be great. And, you know, if those edge rushers can get it going, your pass rush should be phenomenal as well. The linebackers, we'll see how the two of them can work together. I don't see any reason they can't be great. Corners should be the strong suit of this entire team as a whole. And, you know, your safeties should be getting the job done. So, defensively, maybe not the best defense in the league. Maybe not anything, you know, too crazy. Maybe no, like, superstar players. Um, but there's there's talent all over the place, spread out. And uh, this should be a decent unit. So oh, no, They have very high potential. But yeah, like they sure. This is a young team, up and down. The whole roster's young. So... To wrap things up, we'll hop into special teams, who I know uh, Macho's getting a little bit excited here. Oh, um, let's go Logan Cook, baby. Hey, no, fuck you, Mike. I'm getting Logan Cook. So Logan Cook, <laughs> let me tell you, this fucker has been unrated by the NFL this entire fucking career. You know, I think he's a Florida State. I'm doing all the research right now. Mississippi. Okay, I'll hop in with the kicker. He's a Mississippi State dude. So, he's a punter. But he's consistently been one of the best punters in the NFL, put in the 20s, but he's been underrated every fucking time. Logan Cook is great at punting the ball. I mean, that's that's basic as it gets. 
But he's a big body who's able to handle the ball. Obviously, like our kicker, like we don't have a good, we we have an awful kicker now because I mean, our we our last kicker was Josh Lambeau who was phenomenal, but Urban Meyer was a psychopath and he kicked him in the leg. But yeah, no, Logan Cook has consistently put it in the twenty yard line. He's able to get the job done. Logan Cook is fucking amazing. He's like special teams is the most underrated part of football, and it really is an important part. Like Jamal Agnew is a great returner. Like he's a top. I'll say it right now. He's a top three returner. Jamal Agnew is a great returner. And the fact that you paired up with Logan Cook, and it used to be Josh Lambeau, but Josh Lambeau was gone, sadly. I mean, it was a great special teams. The one thing that I appreciate Urban Meyer for was special teams. He focused on special teams, and he got done. Even though it did put a lot of holes, like, obviously, we paid way more than we should have for uh, Jamal Agnew and Rayshon Jenkins. All right. Well, to hop in, the kickers are going to be interesting. We don't really know who's going to be your number one guy right now. You have Ryan Santoso and Elliot Fry, who neither one of them have really seen a ton of action in the NFL. We are not going to have a very good kicker this year. That's a fact. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a weak point um, of the team is is the the kicker position. You know, both of these guys that I mentioned, um, Santoso's played – you know, with three different teams, Tennessee, Carolina, and Detroit in 2019, 20-21, and again in 2021. And uh, the most games he's played in the season is uh, three games. So he hasn't got a ton of action. And then Elliot Fry this past season played one game with the Chiefs, one game with the Bengals, and in 2020 played one game with the Falcons. So none of these guys have much, um, you know, NFL, what am I trying to say, game time. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes, but, you know, we don't really know a lot about these kickers. We know that they aren't great, obviously, because they aren't really in the NFL, but, you know, we'll see what they're capable of, but this should be a weak point here, um, at the kicker spot. Macho touched on Logan Cook being a top tier punter, though. That should be a very good, um, you know, aspect of the special teams unit. And then Jamal Agnew being an unbelievable returner. I'll let Priller go into that. Priller's our, our return specialist, I think, so... Brother, what do you think about Jamal Agnew? What are your thoughts on him? You know, I liked him as a returner. Obviously, I, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, Macho had a really explosive uh, touchdown actually this last season uh, with the Jaguars. Obviously, that was kind of one really very exciting play that made on, I think, a lot of highlight reels. But, yeah, obviously, Jamal Agnew, we kind of touched on him in the wide receiver. Obviously, he's just kind of your your special teams guy. I mean, he's not nothing really else. I mean, he's, he's just there, fast guy. Obviously, he's very explosive when he gets the ball in his hand. I think that's why the Jaguars have him on their team. And so, yeah, I think him being a special teamer is kind of a, a very important aspect to this uh, this team. All right. Well, Macho, if you have no other points to make about the special teams, we'll do a quick wrap-up wrap of what we think, uh, you know, the 2022 Jaguars will look like. So, um, you know, offensively, this should be a young team um, that – maybe has to work things out the first couple of weeks, find out who's going to be getting a lot of playing time, who's going to be starting where. But I think overall, um, you know, they'll improve as the season goes on. Um, and then defensively, a similar situation, um, especially on the edge, you, you kind of have a little bit of an unknown on one side with uh, Trayvon Walker. You're hoping he can get up to his potential, but 
the run defense should be super solid, the linebackers should be pretty good, and then your corners are obviously the strong point of this entire team in my opinion. And then your safeties are going to be pretty serviceable, get the job done, and like uh, like we said, special teams, kicker's not great, punter's great, returner's great. So, overall, this team will probably struggle in a loaded AFC. Like Macho said, this year playing the AFC West is going to be tough. Um, now, the division um, isn't great, but I do think that this team ends up probably third in the division behind the uh, Colts and the Titans. I think they're, they got a better roster than the Texans, so... I think it's fair to say that they'll um, outplay them, but I, uh, I'm i not going to sugarcoat it. I don't think this team will be, you know, out of the the bottom 10, the bottom 15 teams in the league here overall. Yeah, yeah I think that's a perfect, perfect way to say it. I think, yeah, with the, their hard schedule that they got coming up here, um, and they're such a young, a young team, honestly – don't see them doing very well. Obviously, finishing probably uh, third and third in their division with their their two front runners, uh, the Colts and the Titans. I feel like those two are pretty solid ass teams. Um, but I think nonetheless, this team is very young. Even though they might not win as many games, I think this is going to be a very, very uh, nice team to watch and a nice team to watch in the upcoming seasons because they're very young. So I think that this will be an exciting, obviously, very exciting team. Yeah, Macho, what are your thoughts looking forward to 2022 of uh, the whole team together? You know, I th- I'm going to be honest. I think Macho got disconnected, so I think we're just going to have to wrap this one up without him. Well, that is unfortunate. Um, okay, well, on behalf of our special guest, Macho, um, <laughs> and my co-host, Jack Priller, thank you so much for listening to our you know, episode of this podcast of the 2022 Jaguars. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, we'll be back with another episode. You know, we'll be going through every, um, you know, team in the NFL up until the beginning of the season. So stay tuned. We'll be releasing more episodes shortly. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time.